Welcome to my podcast, Katie's Journey. I'm your host, Kaylee Dwyer, aka KD. This show is designed for the lifelong learner, the curious brain, and the person who's probably always asking why. You'll be joining me on my journey as I meet new people, try new things, and gain the valuable insights of others as I explore my professional career. So join me on this journey if you're interested in doing the same. Welcome to episode 17 of Katie's Journey. Today, I will be interviewing Nathan Hall. And before we jump into it, I want to give you an overview of who exactly Nathan is. To start off from the very beginning, Nathan is a master of software engineering programs and is a certified information system security professional. He attended the University of Maryland and ended his academic career with a master of science, information technology, and software engineering. He also has an extensive background serving in the United States Coast Guard for nearly 24 years. Thank you for your service, Nathan, achieving multiple honors and awards for his acts of service and sustained acts of heroism. He also volunteers as a treasurer for the Prince William County that deals with focusing in on those with special needs and communicating importance for activities, awareness, events, and advocacy for those in need. Not only that, but he is also a part of an organization known as the Armed Forces Communications and Electronics Association International, which advances the professional knowledge and relationships in the fields of communications, information technology, and intelligence security. In my last conversation with Nathan, he shared with me, my art is coding, my time is value, and I love to serve. Without further ado, let's jump into the meat of this podcast. I'm excited for you all to learn about Nathan Hall and his journey. So just just to kick it off, and first and foremost, Nathan, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on this podcast. Um, this is something that we briefly chatted over LinkedIn about, something that I've been putting a lot of work into to gain a better better understanding of other people's journeys because i i've learned in in the process of doing this that people like yourself have so much to share outside of just what we see on linkedin or or just what we see at a very high level through social media um and so much more a part of their journey that it's just so important to get that out there and and have other people learn from that too absolutely I, I am so glad to be here and be part of this. Um, I uh, I did watch a few of the other episodes, so I, I understand the format, and I'm excited to participate in this. Um, Woohoo! Awesome. Yeah, and I, I usually kick everything off. As you know, you did your homework. Um, always got to love that. <laughs> 100%. But I kick it off with starting with your top three takeaways that you've learned throughout your journey. So if you want to start with that, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear it. Uh, absolutely. So the the top three, and these don't go in any specific order. You can reorder them however you want. But um, continue to learn every day. Every single day, I learn something new from someone else. I have a few, a couple dozen followers on LinkedIn, a couple connections. I learn something new from them every single day just by engaging and chatting. And that's that's the biggest challenge is just open your mind, learn something new. Uh, number two is uh, don't wait till it, whatever it is, is perfect. 
like get your idea, get your product out, get it in someone else's hands. Um, let someone else experience and, and have that feedback cycle earlier. So you don't just sit in your bubble and create things that you're not sure what's going to happen with them. Hundred um, And number three is help people who want to succeed. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. Most people just need a little nudge. And if you have that capability, why not share it? If anything, you'll have someone there that can give you some feedback on whatever it is that you're working on. And it's just, it's a good th thing to do. Want to succeed. Um, and th there's people out there, they just need a nudge. Give them the nudge and it will be great for both you and that other person for the rest of your relationship. Uh, so those, those three are my big ones. Um, they don't go in any order. Just do them every day. It's great. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And we see more and more now, or at least I see uh, whatever LinkedIn decides to show me that day, more and more professionals reaching out to individuals that are truly expressing interest in wanting to learn more. And I think there's the common barrier of being afraid to just ask. You don't need to always pay for a class or pay for a few tips. If you just ask someone, they're more than likely going to extend a hand of support. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. And if not a hand, a paragraph, like, you know, but the other, on the other side of that, if you're, if you're reaching out to ask for something, be part of that process. Don't just abandon the process because that's kind of annoying when people ask me questions and I answer it and it's like, Oh, well, I don't know where that discussion went. Um, yeah. Own the discussion, be part of it, ask, get, return, and it becomes a cycle if you're lucky. Yeah. And, and that's a really great way to build your professional network, whether it's LinkedIn or any other uh, site or as we go back into the, the, uh, the non-COVID world where we go and meet people, the same thing happens in real life and it's important. And it's what we look for. I totally agree with you. And if you ask too much and don't give uh, and you don't give back, then you know what? You're probably burning some bridges along the way. Um, but but having that perfect cycle of ask, get, return is, is actually a great way to just boil that down into the key elements of what is massively important in that factor. But what I want to really dive into and one of the first things that you actually asked me over LinkedIn was what drives my passions. And I know that you gave me the you gave me the high level of, you know, what drives your pas passions. You mentioned that art your art is coding. Your time is value and you love to serve. So it's it's truly only fair for me to ask you this question here live and to kind of unpack that a little bit further if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. And so I'm going to get in a lot of trouble because that is my go-to uh, canned message to everybody who connects with me i i try my best <laughs> um and don't be offended but guess what only between three and four percent of people return that message so um it is a canned message and i'll just own that but the discussion that. that happens afterward 
is real and genuine. Love that. Um, so what is your passions? What drives you? I love to create things. Um, that's really what I do. Like a lot of people think about, well, what do I do on a Saturday morning if I wake up really early? What is that? And I'll dive into some code and just like make something. Um, and, and having that ability is sometimes a blessing and a curse um, because you'd be surprised, but there's so much that you can do in a Saturday morning. Um, Too much. Well, and just because you can't finish it in one day doesn't mean you give up. You know, I've had little projects that I've worked on for years and sometimes they go somewhere and sometimes they just kind of don't do anything. Um, but if you enjoy it and you love it, just continue to do it. If anything, you're sharpening your tool set and you can apply that elsewhere. Yeah, totally agree. And especially if it's your passion, it's a lot easier to succeed in something if you're truly passionate about it. Truly. So what's the most, what's your favorite code that you have ever written in your lifetime? What did oh it do? What did it do? Why was it your favorite? And what prompted you to create it? So it's kind of funny. Um, one, well, there's there's two things that I coded, which are really kind of interesting. One is from when I was very young. I actually coded a uh, security application for our family computer. And, uh, you know, back in those days, you didn't actually type in a username or anything like that when you went <laughs> to use the computer. So I created this uh, logging program that would keep track of my uh, my family members so I can see what the hell they were doing on the uh, on the computer. You creeper. <laughs> and, I'm sure your and, parents were like, oh, my goodness, Nathan. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And and that that's the birth of, uh, you know, the security mindset, you know, at least for me. So my professional expertise started like middle school. Wow. Um, Do you find that other people have a similar journey of, of their uh, technical expertise? You know, I'm, I'm trying not to age myself too much, but, you know, when I was younger and I learned, learned how to code, it came in magazines and we copied it from magazines into the computer. And then, you know, hopefully it was the right version of basic that was in the magazine and it would compile and run. Um, I, I have actually bumped into many other people that had that same experience growing up. And I was like, Hey, that's cool, man. So, wow. you know, now we uh, have that, that, that very unique bond and we can relate back to that uh, yeah. shared experience. And it only goes up from there. The amount of knowledge from that point of just that initial interest point And then everything past that is just Pandora's box of what you can do with the internet, what you can do with different coding languages. It's just incredible. Absolutely. And so the, uh, the other project that I worked on, which is kind of cool was, uh, it was a, a thing at the coast guard and it was how we associated our IDs to our user accounts. And, you know, I created this thing like shoot, um, probably about 14 or 15 years ago now. And, a few years ago, probably two years ago, I helped someone set up their account. And sure enough, my application was there doing its thing still. So that was a really proud moment. I was like, 
they still haven't retired that thing wow <laughs> wow seriously yeah hey well it means he did a great job or other things but or, or other things <laughs> or other things but let's just highlight the positive <laughs> so you mentioned the coast guard and um first and you know i I, I, I've said this to you before, but I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for your time and service in the Coast Guard and everything that you've done uh, for the country that we live in. Um, very much appreciated. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's part of my journey. Um, you know, I I started uh, the Coast Guard back when I was like 19 years old. I had tried to go to school. I didn't really know anything about college. Um you know, I didn't have anybody that was a mentor or anything like that. So my college experience was very short and I didn't do well. So the Coast Guard was the next opportunity. And, you know, I pretty much grew up there. I learned everything I, uh, I know now from the Coast Guard. And, you know, I just transitioned out. So that's been interesting. Yeah, you mentioned that you're kind of seeing the world in a slightly different hue. Can you unpack that a little bit further? Because that's pretty interesting. Absolutely. So, um, and, and that's that's part of my LinkedIn experience um, is to really just kind of see the world through uh, the civilian eyes. Because you know, my my experiences have been within this bubble, you know, called the military. And we have very specific ways we do things, the way we operate, the way we engage with our coworkers. And it's not the same as, you know, the, uh, the civilian workforce or, you know, the real world, so to speak. Um, what are some so, of those differences? So I, I'm still learning that. I think that that's going to have to be on our, uh, on our next visit that I really kind of explain that because you know, I'm still uh, waiting to start my next role. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding, you know, what to do, how to act, uh, what what people are in the circle and who what people aren't in the circle. So there's a lot to kind of take in, especially in that transition. Um, and I want to walk back a little bit because you mentioned that, you know, you tried school and it really wasn't for you. And I feel like there are so many geniuses in the world that have said the same thing. So why do you feel like school really didn't work out for you at the time? Well, I think it was more the understanding of the the concept of, you know, what is school? Why is it there? You know, why is there an education system? Like there's a there's a bigger view of the world to to understand that you just really don't get at 17 years old. And uh, if you don't have someone to actually uh, guide you through that process and just reassure you that, hey, everything is um, gonna gonna work out. Then maybe you know the university isn't the best choice uh, at that particular moment. Um, it's always good to go to school because you learn how how to engage, how to uh, do different uh, disciplines, and I think. If, if you're really focused on a very technical thing and you're able to succeed doing that one technical thing, I think that, you know, getting a certificate in that thing is, is probably extremely adequate for, 
you know, what the job market needs today. Um, that wasn't the case when I, you know, was coming up. It was everybody was going to school and school produced jobs that had good money. And that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I actually have kind of tossed this around in my brain a little bit between continuing my own education and going to get my MBA or maybe even going the certification route because especially with the higher education system today and the price tag associated with that versus what you're actually learning and bringing to the workforce, I feel like it's just not incredibly equal and I'm not, I would learn far more in a laser-focused certification course and studying for something very specific than I would entering back into that very general school environment. Yeah, that's a, that's a great that's a great point. Um, there there really isn't a specific need now. If if you want to manage people and you want to be able to help people understand you know the the bigger picture i think the university programs getting your masters will help with that exposure to ideas in a very short amount of time you know graduate programs are 18 months if you're really cranking um you're not going to get that level of exposure through a professional uh, role and i'm probably going to get beat up on this because not all professional roles are the same and the op tempo is a lot different depending on where you sit. So there's a lot of variation there, but typically that's why we want people to go to the university is so that they can get that exposure. I mean, I, I was learning, um, you know, visual acuity as part of uh, user centered design. And I don't think that I would have ever learned that concept you know, outside of going to grad school. Yeah. Can you kind of explain what visual acuity is? Sure. It's uh, just how you work uh, with like signs and media and fonts and distance. And the average person should be seeing, you know, between 2020 and I guess 2040. Hopefully that's right. Hopefully you're fact checking this. <laughs> Trust me, I but, will. <laughs> but the idea is that you, you you want to have some scientific measures in place. Like if you're if you're doing uh, key performance parameters um, or anything that's contract related, you'll want to understand what those things are because you, you can't just say, oh, yeah, the sign's big enough. Right. You have to actually put some measures in place that say this user population is going to be able to see that sign based on this math equation. And it's really amazing. It really blew my mind when I learned that. Yeah, it really does sound amazing. How did that weave into your career path or what you were doing at the time? Uh, so let's see what I was doing at the time. At the time, I, I had just finished up a tour uh, doing ship design we were going through the contracting process and it was kind of funny because i had very little exposure to human-centered design at that point in my career and i was working with uh human-centered designers and they were talking about you know how high the 
the grab bars need to be on the bridge so that you know people can actually reach if uh, you know if the if the ship is over a certain number of degrees so that they don't fall and bust their head mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of uh, science that goes into that as well and I I I was really amazed um, but being exposed to that at school really helped me process it and understand the value and importance. So when it came up to trade space, you know, when we were trading, making a change to the design, because that all costs money, understanding the trade space value versus expenditure, that's really where those equations come into play because you don't want to make a change that's not going to have a valuable result. And I think that also applies to everyday life and especially with the life we're living today and and society, you don't want to make a change unless it's a valuable change and is going to bring some type of value in return. Absolutely. A lot of life lessons in that. Hmm. Interesting. I'm having some, uh, some crisis over. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, no, great point. And I think, that would be something that I would be super interested in learning about too. Um, and you know, there's, there's a whole other part of you where throughout this conversation, you explained pre pre military, you kind of were figuring life out and, and getting a good understanding of what you wanted to do, where you wanted to go and who you wanted to be. Would you say that having an affinity toward a more analytical mindset and a more structured way of living is something that uh, is able to support you in thriving in not only your career, but your personal life as well. Yeah. So I I think that there's some truth to that. Um, You know, and and it goes back to what I was talking about with, you know, getting someone to mentor you. Um, You know, mentorship is relationship. Being in the military is a very complicated relationship. And, you know, the military did drive a lot of uh, behaviors. You know, you don't really have a choice um, a lot of times. And you really learn how to manage time and you learn how to adapt to all kinds of uh, stressful situations on the fly, which is really important. Yeah. Do you have some examples of how you best manage time and how certain things in the military truly set you up for success in time management overall? Yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, I think time I, management is always a hard question to answer. <laughs> it it truly is because I am horrible with time management. Um, it is a it's a beast and it's always been a beast for me Um because that's just not what my mind wants to do. My mind wants to jump into doing amazing things. But to get amazing things accomplished, you do have to set up some kind of structure. And I did learn that with the military. Um, you can also learn it through, you know, getting your uh, your you know PMP. But who wants to do that? <laughs> a small population. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't have to join the military to get that um, that that mindset. It's not really it's not really required. If if you can 
find the right people to be with, it's almost, you know, the same way. It's the pack mentality where you got to keep up with your pack mates, but mm. you got to find the right pack. And that's, that's the hard part. A I, lot of young I people agree. don't really know how to do that very well on their own. Well, yeah. And then as a perfect example, you could see, if, you know, life is all about decisions and any one single decision that you could make can, can change the entire path of where your journey was taking you prior to that decision. So children that maybe grow up with without someone influential in their life or, or they're missing that mentor and they head down a path that, that maybe isn't as favorable or something that isn't going to lead them to success it's tough because based off of the community that you're around and the people that you surround yourself with, you are so very much influenced by them that your your fate, your actions, your decisions are closely linked to what the community is doing too. With that, again, if you're choosing the wrong pack, you're going to have kind of a, a more heavily influenced decision-making process that, that might not be the best or healthiest which is something that is all too common, unfortunately, in, in, some, uh, in the area that I live in in particular. It's a kind of um, becoming reformed a little bit. And you could see with the different groups of people that we have here that are just um, in, in a group that is typically struggling and they're below the poverty line. And you can, it's tough because with that, with that group mentality, it's like breaking the chain and and getting out of that so if you were just one person in that and you wanted to make different decisions outside of the community that you had grown up in it's almost like i want to compare it to breaking amish <laughs> you need to get out of it and and find a group that is going to support your goals initiatives and drive yeah absolutely and it's kind of funny so there's a, a great visual uh image out there and I want to say it's wait, but why uh, created this image? And it basically says you're born and there's like a green line. It looks like a bunch of roots. And then there's a line that says today and all those other paths are are basically darkened. And that green path has a intersection on the today line, which goes vertically and you have so many other branches that you can take from today on. And I really love that imagery. I, I saved it and I take a peek at it every once in a while. Cause it's just um, kind of refreshing to say all, all those potential choices, you know, while they might've been better. Didn't you lead you to the path that you're on. Absolutely. And you hmm. know, if, if uh, I think one, one of the, the things we were going to talk about was like, if I couldn't, if I could do it all over again, would I choose the same path? And outside of getting a mentor in, in college, I, I think I would have chosen the path that I'm in today because it has had such a great uh, end result. Yeah. And that's great to hear not only that you're happy with the decisions that you've made leading you up to this point, 
But going back to the, the image that you had referred to, so if we applied that to your journey and, you know, you had just transitioned out of the military and now you are out in the open starting new adventures and kind of exploring who who you are as Nathan Hall today. So I know you're working on a bunch of things. You are working on a startup. I know that it's it's not yet out there. Um, but you also love volunteering. And can you kind of tell us a little bit more about what you love about volunteering and how your journey led you down that path as well? Absolutely. So um, sometimes you just you're, you show up to a meeting and uh, something needs to get done and you, you raise <laughs> your hand and and five years later, you're still uh, part of it. And and, you know, I, I say that, you know, very laughingly, but you know, it's, it's also really amazing to look back and, and see that, you know, by volunteering and being part of organizations that really just need some help, need some people to support them, they stay alive and flourish. And, you know, I, I, um, I'm part of my county's uh, special education uh, PTA. And, you know, that's something that really needed a rescue. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I, uh, I'm definitely proud of. Um, it's not a lot of work, but sometimes it can be a bit of work and it's worth every minute of it. Yeah, that's great to hear. And volunteering does wonders for not only how you, it, it gives you different perspectives on what else is going on in the community that's not necessarily in front of you. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, we just don't have visibility on. And sometimes it's it's good just to have that exposure. So you're really able to comprehend, um, you know, where, where, where you are and, you know, what, what, A, what you can, should be thankful for, um, and B, where the need is so you can help facilitate it, facilitate yeah. answering the need. Um, Another really cool thing that I, I'd love to share is, uh, you know, working with kids. Um, I, I was teaching kids how to code um, and I was using like Minecraft for it and I was Ooh, using cool. uh, Kodu game design. And what I found about working with kids is like we haven't broken their creativity yet. So they will make a game that has like the impossible happening you know it's like yeah physics don't matter in my world that i'm creating and you know what i think it's great i think it's great to just let them explore and, and build things that just don't make any sense to us as adults but it helps them create that world and create that imagination and learn some really complex math stuff well, that creativity is so valuable. And you mentioned they're doing and learning these things before their creativity is broken. Where do you find that? Actually, what do you find breaks that creativity? Because I agree with you. I wish I could pinpoint it and we could just focus and uh, exterminate whatever it is that you know we've created. I know, um, right? I, I think that it's just been... Uh, at some point in, you know, adolescence, um, creativity just 
kind of dwindles. And I, I think that it's our participation uh, with young people that makes that um, that light go dim. And, you know, it goes back to the topic of mentoring. And that's what it sounded like you were really looking for early on before your career really got started. Are you a mentor to anyone today? So today I have no mentees. Um, I actually learned uh, the mentorship program. We had a great program um, at the at the Coast Guard, and I learned a lot of the fundamentals. Like to to mentee people is only but a very small small amount of time. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the management responsibilities have to be shifted down to the mentee and it really helps the mentee learn a lot of those valuable skills and also uh, understand the value of time and the, the value of setting up time to have those you know discussions i agree and not only that giving that workload not even a workload but giving that responsibility and shifting the roles so that it's like a, a train the trainer type thing. And the role might not be a huge one as a mentor, but it's one that you're guiding that person along the way. It's not meant to carry them, but guide them. Absolutely. And, you know, it, if anything, and, and there's different levels, like you don't have to have like a full, you know, mentorship packet where you check boxes and stuff like that. Um, you could even have a very informal one. Uh, where you're just just going through some of the training requirements for getting someone into cybersecurity, you know, I, I have, I do have a few of those where I just, it, it's all, you know, messages, and I'll send a message say, hey, how did you do on your uh, EJPT? You know, how did it go? And uh, they they either passed or they're going to go back and do it again. They're going to study, you know. A different way and just re-encouraging people you know and, and being part of people's life in those moments really solidifies their memory of you for uh discussion or opportunities in the future absolutely you know i um i was just reading something and i can't remember where but no one remembers the facts that you throw at them in a conversation or, you know, different tips in a conversation, but they they do remember the important things of presence and action and just being there and being there for that experience as a sounding board and someone to share the experience with and get feedback on. Absolutely. And, you know, how many times do you go and get the most important certification of your professional development? You know, not that many. So whoever's part of that with you, they're going to be with you in memory forever. And exactly. I, I love being part of that. Yeah. And you can't replace it. And you, you certainly can never replace a mentor. They, they have lasting impacts that, you know, I'll have conversations and it, it could be 10 years ago, it could be 15 years in the future and what whatever my, whoever my mentor is at the time. And trust me, I've had so, there's so many different people that even if it's just a sprinkle of information that has helped me 
level up in some way, shape, or form, or guide me in the right direction. It's it's almost like a filing cabinet in my brain of just how many people have impacted me so positively. And no matter how old I am, it's always going to be something that I can go into that filing cabinet, pull the file, and trace it back to that one person. It's amazing. So I want to, you know, as as we are continuing to learn about your journey, Nathan, I want to just um, ask one final question. I know that your time is valuable and I constantly see you talking about how valuable time is. And I'm in total agreement with you there. And there are people that are just time wasters. So in your transition out of the military and as you start to identify who you'll be moving forward and what that'll look like, how do you avoid the time wasters and how do you make sure that you keep that number one priority of keeping your time valuable, number one? Yeah, that's a that's a really hard that's a hard one. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, is just communicating, you know, like everything else, you know, communicating that the time is very, very valuable. Um, also being respectful of people's time as a, um, you know, as leader, you want to jump in and, and show people how to do the, the things that you're expecting of them. You know, one of the, my favorite things is, is have a meeting that lasts five minutes or don't have a meeting at all. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you, if you can solve something over a phone call or a couple IMs, do that instead. Um, and that really sets the tone of, we don't need to, you know, waste people's time, you know, Agreed. and have people, you know, build up all this angst about a presentation that they're going to do and what is the output like understanding what the input is understanding that output and is it really a value equation for the investment that is golden i wish i could frame that i'm you know what i wish i could frame that quote because <laughs> it's so true um just to finish off everything that you've taught me and the listeners today what are some tips that you want to leave off with that that the listeners can go and actionably start doing in their lives? And well, it could it could go back to your top three. I know it was um, I have them right here, but if you want to if you want to repeat them for the listeners, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, well, so I did have something different. Um, yeah. You know, listen, think and then take action. It only takes a second to process your information. And I have, I'm still challenging myself to do those things. Actively listen, process it, and then do something with it. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your journey. I am so absolutely pumped to share this with share this with the listeners and get your journey out there. This is amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, maybe if uh, episode 90, I'll be into my next uh, chapter. I can share a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. 
you know it. Is there anything, is there any, how should the listeners find you? Um, how should they connect with you? Is there any place that, that they can go and do that? Yeah, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Uh, send me a message. I, I, I'm on there all the time. When I work out and jog on my treadmill, I'm on LinkedIn. So that's a solid hour every day. <laughs> Perfect. You heard it here. You heard it live and you heard it from Nathan. Connect with him on LinkedIn. If you have a question, go ahead and send him a message. But you know what? Going back to what he said earlier, actively listen, think, take action. But if you're going to reach out to Nathan, make sure that you follow up about your journey. Ask, get, return. Return the information. Have a conversation. Don't fall off the face of the earth and be a human. That's the most important part. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Tuning out. Thank you everyone for listening. 